feel free to say to me, like, no one gives a shit about what you think about the book, and we'll move on. Like, I, I'm not, <laughs> you can't offend me or hurt my feelings. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. to another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am one of your co-hosts, Wendy, joined as always by the lovely, calen- lovely, talented, lovely and talented co-host, <laughs> Melissa. And we have our returning special guest star, Molly Glover. Molly! <laughs> Yay! Yay! You're like Charo. Come back every week. Oh, goody, 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 goody. <laughs> okay, today we are going to be discussing the movies. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, <laughs> we, have, we have a lot of charos. I love charos. Well, yeah, charos. because they're they come, they're enjoyable, they come back. Who else was this? Who else came well, back on the love boat all the time? There's well, well, Charo. Yeah, and, uh, she looks incredible. By the way, she was. I saw her. I was watching Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment Twenty Three, which is a really surprisingly good show, and she's in it. And she's got to be in her seventies, and she looks flawless. Like mm. she looks fifty if she's a day. It's it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, good. Yeah, wow. good on her. Yeah, yeah. coochie coochie. <laughs> um, and so, so dear listeners, we are we are drinking. Yes, oddly enough. Yes, what? I mean that yeah. never happened. Drinking, drinking. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we we actually found I I found and Molly found two different wines that are themed for today's topic. It's true. What is today's topic? Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I love Stephen King! <laughs> it's, it's Stephen King. I'm sorry, well, I'll, I'll try this. Why it's Stephen King, Wendy? <laughs> That's how you say it when you're not psycho. <laughs> I, oh yeah, when Wendy and I thought, yes, we need to do a Stephen King adaptations episode, we went, oh, we know who needs to be on this one. We sent an email to Molly, she goes, oh my god, yes! It's been on the calendar forever, I've been so excited. There, have been, there were like 800 uh, exclamation points after That's great. <laughs> I could, I could hear Molly's voice from like three cities away. It was great. It was great. Well, and I also sort of felt a little bit like, well, if we don't invite her, oh, that might go poorly for us. <laughs> no, I'd be like, who's this bitch talking about Stephen King? And like, about the about the only thing we could do would be talking to Stephen King himself. <laughs> and then Molly Aww. would not feel you, sir. Oh, guy. Actually, Aww. no, she'd say, why wasn't I there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not that bitch Robin Firth. She thinks she knows a lot, but she knows shit. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was a really deep pull. Robin Firth has written a lot of Stephen King uh, companion books. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. okay. Coming for your Firth. Uh, so, so the wines tonight that you found mm, yes. that are themed. Yeah. So Molly found this is the one we're drinking right now. Yes. Molly found. It is a double dog dare wine, mm-hmm. uh, as uh, from the the very important uh, scene from Stand by Me. Yeah, the uh, double dog dare you. Double the, dog. Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's. Yeah, that, is that during the pie scene? No, it's just. No, I think pie, it's just. I, 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 I thought that was the. Um, uh, 
Wasn't that the junkyard? Yes, yes, yeah. yep. Yep, a double I dog watched, area to I go to the junkyard. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Chopper, sick balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you then know, Melissa brought another one. And and I found Castle Rock wine, yes. which we have not yet opened. That will be later. So right this now, is almost gone. Yeah, so right now, <laughs> well, we got two bottles of this stuff, so we're ready for anything. Yes. No, we... Uh, uh, anything could happen, people. Yeah, do- Double Dog Dare is a uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. And, mm-hmm. and it is. Mm-hmm. It it's smooth on the tongue. Mm-hmm. How much would you say this wine costs? Oh, at least five dollars. It costs two ninety nine. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> you know what? For two ninety nine, this ro- this wine is amazing. Thank it's- you, Total Wine and Liquor. <laughs> <laughs> this is- wow. Or Total Wine and Spirits. I don't know. It's in Roseville, and it's the size of a like a fucking Walmart. We should get we should get a liquor store to sponsor the podcast. Oh, yes, we really should. Oh man, or a wine cellar. Just if you could just give us red wine. So let's give us alcohol. Th- 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 we'll talk about it and mention you often. It'll be mm-hmm. fun. All right. So mm-hmm. red wine, red yes. like blood, like the blood of the dead. <laughs> as opposed to the blood of the living well the blood it's really dark yeah so, so yeah, yeah actually, it if, if it was the blood yeah. of the living it'd be kind of bright and warmer yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. this is Ooh. a little chill yeah. <laughs> <Burn, burn. laughs> all right so um we have determined that we are going to do that we're going to attack this chronologically because yes. stephen king has number one written a fuck ton of books many books and Number two, a uh, fuck ton of those have been made into movies. And in fact, I would say most of the, the things that have been made into movies were actually short stories that were mm-hmm. found in book collections. So you may not be aware of them or you're, you you know about the movie, but you're not really sure where it came from, which is awesome. Right. Um, for uh, my sort of working hypothesis is generally if it's a Stephen King movie coming from one of his novellas or short stories, it's usually really, really good. Um, yes, it's ones- better. The ones mm-hmm. that come from his novels are hit and miss. That is a stone fact. <laughs> that <laughs> is just that's just a rock fact. That's I, that's uh yeah. I will agree with that assessment. I actually like Stephen King's short stories and novellas better. I feel like when he is forced to be economical, it brings out his best. Yeah. I I could not choose because they are all children. I, I but but, um, <laughs> but but I will say that uh, the things that have scared me the worst have been either uh, shorter novels or short stories or novellas. Like they, it's usually those are the ones that have that have actually scared me uh, just fucking senseless. So. Um. Two caveats. There are two of his novels that I had nightmares for weeks. When we get to those, we will discuss Oh, exciting. Okay. Excellent. Uh, so first up is Carrie. Yeah, the very yeah. first one. In, now, this is his first book. Too. Yes, That was Carrie, his debut yes. novel. He yeah. knocked it out of the park. And what's interesting is, sorry, I know you're going to talk about It's a really different style of writing. Because yes. I went through a phase where I read a lot of King. And Carrie is really different from everything else. Carrie uses... So Carrie... Um, so uh, Stephen King married young, his wife, Tabitha. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was an English teacher and um, he had written this novel and he kept throwing it away. And she picked it up out of the garbage and was like, you're going to fucking send this in. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to live with some tortured artist who never, you know, and, 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 it, and it's great. The writing style, uh, because it uses news clippings and it's, it's a very good example of his parenthetical style where, where a lot of what happens is in parentheses and it's, it's kind of seamless in that way. 
I'm impressed that it got made. I'm looking at the dates here online. It got made into a movie. It's in uh, 1976, right? It, yeah, the book came out yeah. in April 74, and the movie was made November 76. So that's, yeah. I mean, for a debut that's novel, the, that's well, the it release was released date. In so November yes, that hit. Yeah, got huge. Got optioned, got made in a really short time. And it's around. De Is it, De was it, it Brian De Palma? Is it his first movie? Or um, is it? No, I don't. It yeah. was his first movie, but it was fairly early in his career. Yeah. And it is, it is prime, prime De Palma. Yeah. It is, it is really flashy. How, it's very stylish. Having read the, the Jaws making of book about how Jaws had been optioned before the novel was even finished. Mm -hmm. that, no. That's exactly what I thought of. Because I think I think Jaws hit, and I'm wondering if Stephen King gonna get scooped like, up in the fervor. Oh, we gotta buy more horror books and make them into movies. Well, but also just the process they describe in yeah. the Jaws book, where the publishers have this book, and it's not even out yet. But the really savvy movie producers are they have relationships with publishers, and they're like, "Well, what do you got that's good?" And I'm yeah. sure whoever ended up with Carrie was like, "Dude." This this could be a movie. Well, and they, I mean, I mean, what what I thought was interesting is the the novel in the novel Carrie is fat, pimply. She she is described as bovine. She moves like a hulking beast. Mm -hmm. She is a big girl and like tall and broad. And so casting Sissy Spacek is obviously like a, a departure from that. But she did such a good job as still being. Like homely and awkward and and very mousy. and hunched and even though Sissy Spacex gorgeous, I mean it, it was very. I, I at first when I remember when I first saw it as a kid, I was like, but she's supposed to be. Hmm. That was like my first experience <laughs> yeah. with like it not translating right. But they Piper Laurie in that movie is incredible. Yeah. She's just amazing. She won the Academy oh, Award. Well, so yeah. did Sissy. They both won the Academy Award. Um and uh uh yeah. Piper Laurie's the mom. I'm making sure. Piper yeah. Laurie's the mom. Yep. The the religious fanatic mom. No, I've read. Dirty pillows in your. <laughs> Have you read the thing where she thought she was making a comedy? No. <laughs> what? It was a crack.com list. Oh, God. Where it was, you know, a list of actors who thought they were making a different movie. And so, like, the kid from The Shining and all the famous yeah. examples. And one of them is Piper Laurie, who was convinced that Carrie was a comedy because the character was so overblown. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And so Brian De Palma kept pulling her back. And she's like, but what? This is ridiculous. Surely this must be a comedy. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, so speaking of The Shining, that's next on the list. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Shinin. The Shin. So I wow, will. I, I, am, I th For some reason, if I feel like there should be more right? King movies yeah. between Carrie yeah. and The Shining. Well, you had to have time to write another book. I, I, <laughs> the shi I feel like The Shining, I picture that. I don't think of that as being one of his early books, but I guess it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, yep. and the Late movie 70s. was 1980. Yeah. I And it took forever to make. I mean, yeah. it took, it, so well, it's, it's not. fucking Cooper. Yeah. I, uh, I, I hate a strong word. I wish The Shining movie was called The Overlook. <laughs> okay. I wish it was called anything but The Shining because it's not The Shining. It is not The Shining. It but is. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> it's not The Shining, and mm -hmm. so what? It's it, it departs enough that um, and bef before you got here, when Melissa and I were talking about this, how like it departs enough that I feel like it's like, why are you even? Why don't you just call it this thing that is based on you know, like again, like calling it yeah. The Overlook or or Scary Hotel with Crazy Guy in it, 
like it's, it's red yeah. rum or yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but I, I, I Jack Attack. God, I love that book. That's that's another example of a of a book that has a lot of of his parenthetical, uh, monologue kind of things. Mm-hmm. Well, there's so much that happens in the book, and but unfortunately, like the the mini series they eventually made of it, which was much more true to the book. It's flat. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the things they changed just don't make sense to me. Like changing. I mean, I guess I, I, they do to some degree, like changing the topiary animals to be a maze because they just didn't have the ability to make topiary animals that moved, I guess, but Mm -hmm. they didn't have to move. You could have, they could have been in one position than another. That was the point was he never saw them moving. Yeah. It could have been totally the, uh, uh, the weeping angels from dark. Yeah. Jack, they're in a different position. They're closer to yes and which is what it was he'd be like that that lion has its paws down that lion had its paw up before <sighs> like and and jack nicholson's uh, uh jack torrance is too crazy he's yeah. too nuts he's, like it's well it's typical jack nicholson yeah. and that hi i could take it to 12 yeah yeah <laughs> how about <laughs> 14 but still, but still, we'll go to 16 16 good. yeah 16 the one good, thing i do really love about the shining the movie is it's very subtle and when it's pointed out to you it you're like you're right and it does affect my view of the movie is that the the internal geography doesn't make sense yeah i do actually love that. i really want to watch the documentary about the shining i haven't seen it yet and and Route 183 uh, yes i haven't seen yeah, it yeah yeah uh, uh yeah it's, it, it's not so much about the shining as it is about Right. It's People about the conspiracy theory. Yeah. 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 And, and it's really a pretty remarkable film. It's, it's yeah. actually yeah. really, it is really enjoyable. And you're like, okay, now all of this is crazy pants, but they really back it up with evidence yeah. from the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. that's, that's I, I, I love I love seeing the tipping point happen. It's like, all right, I'm with you, I'm with you. Oh, you're in crazy town now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why he faked and, the moon landing. And that's why you like, faked oh, the moon landing. Oh, okay. I was with you, and then we faked the moon landing together, so I'm not. <laughs> Actually, it's a comedy, and if you look, he's making subtle penis jokes throughout the whole thing. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. God. Right. So anyway, The Shining, which is a one of the... Kubrick's best films and of course one of the most famous King oh yeah movies except that anybody who knows King is like well okay but that's not really yeah well I mean that's why that's why it's, it's very it's very important to say Stanley Kubrick's The Shining yeah, yeah. just like you know uh, uh, Jodorowsky's Dune you know <laughs> yeah, it's, and, it's a different it's a different it. thing it's a different animal it's not the book that's for sure well also <laughs> David Lynch's Dune yeah, yeah it's also a different animal yep. there's oh so many god. different animals oh my god there. yeah so, yeah. so Creep Show. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember. What I'm, I'm looking at. To see oh, what's I in love it. Creep Show. I can take Creep Show because yeah. Creep Show is awesome. So, Creep Show is the first videotape I ever bought. I went to Tidal Wave, which was a business. Oh my record. god, Tidal Wave! Tidal Wave, and I I bought Creep Show in a clamshell box, mm-hmm. and it was horrifically expensive as videotapes were back yeah. then. But uh, directed by George Romero, it's an anthology like the Tales from the Crypt comic books. Yeah, this and is it, this it is saying totally it's it's, a, it's an original screenplay, so it wasn't yeah. based on books actually. Yeah, technically. it's it's an original screenplay, and uh, basically it's like Stephen King's short stories, but actually made for the screen and directed yep. by George Romero. That's amazing, and it's super fun. Is it's that a, the one where Stephen King finds the meteor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's and he turns it, into a green fuzzy thing. Yeah. yeah. So one of the stories is uh, Stephen King play is playing a hick, and he finds a meteor and then he like starts being taken over by like a plant 
pathogen and he turns into a plant. Which is amazing um, because yeah. it's very Tommyknockers, like, it, yeah. like later. But yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, you know, there's a story with Bonnie Bedelia and, it, you know, uh, there's this rich family and but and they're all gathering and they all hate each other. But it's like Father's Day yeah. for their dear departed dad. And there's like comeuppance at the end. And there's... in a Stephen King book. <laughs> I know, shocking. No, it's it's very EC Comics. This oh, yeah. whole thing was yeah. a tribute to EC Comics. Yeah. So all these stories are very stylized, they're very short, and they all wind up with some sort of, you know, Old Testament justice <laughs> at the end. Um, there's one with Ted Danson pre-cheers um, oh, right. as a water zombie. That's right. <laughs> oh I no, that, and, and he's playing against uh, Leslie Nielsen in a dramatic role. And um, there, God, was it, was it Hal Holbrook? No, it wasn't Hal Holbrook. Uh, I can't remember who the guy at the end was. Uh, very good actor. It like, who lives in a clean room and suddenly his his room is beset by cockroaches. No, it it's this wonderful, bizarre early eighties horror film from Stephen King and George Romero. And yeah. I I find it delightful. Wait, it is super fun. It really is. I need to watch it again. I haven't watched it since I was young and Oh, and my favorite one's a crate with this you know they're at like a university and and they they find this old crate in the basement that's from like the 1930s and like an arctic mm. expedition and when it's a janitor pries it open and well there's something alive in there what? And, yeah something <laughs> evil and and adrian barbeau's in it oh, and, wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah and fritz weaver like the 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 cast of it's just great and everybody's having so much fun and there's great makeup effects it's it's a blast that the problem yeah. is that I'm out of wine yeah we need a we need a refill um have, we have, any, have any of these happened Castle in Castle Rock, Rock yet double d- should we uh, go to Castle Rock you know what Castle Rock's coming up real soon so well, oh, yeah, Cujo it does Cujo happen Cujo in does Rock? happen in Castle okay, Rock okay I think it is yeah. time All for right. Castle Rock I'm on let's, it let's, let's talk Cujo let's talk Cujo so I hate the book Cujo uh, I've only uh, I've read everything Stephen King's written at least twice except for Cujo. I only read it once. Uh, most things I've read closer to between five and twenty times, but uh, uh, Cujo I've only read once. I read it when I was twelve and I was bored. Mm-hmm. And so, and I there's I also, a whole lot of nothing happening in that. Well, book. and it is it is a it is a different style of book for him because yeah. it is. It is very still. So yeah. here's a fun fact. Uh, Stephen King has said that when he reads Cujo, uh, because he was on so much cocaine and he was such an alcoholic at the time, that when he reads Cujo, it's like reading something that a an identical twin that you never knew you had wrote. That is he so can, weird. He can tell it's his writing. Uh-huh. And he doesn't have any memory of writing it. Wow. He has he has one memory and he thinks it's from Cujo and it's typing furiously on a typewriter with uh, Kleenex stuffed up both nostrils while it was bleeding because of all the coke he was doing and and finishing it. So I I feel and I and I read that long after I hated Cujo. So I feel confident. He is not that far into his career. No. When did he start the cocaine habit? Well, Uh, let's be fair. This was the the Cujo. The movie came out in 1983. Yeah. Carrie the book was what 1974 74 yeah and so the movie of Cujo came out 11 years later so there was there yeah. was some he, time to develop a so he got money uh from Carrie 
yeah. then, you know, other other things and, you know, The Shining and money started rolling in and they had kids, but, you know, it wasn't hard to live back then and and they, you know, had it they lived well, but he was going to a lot of parties, there was a lot of Hollywood situations. Yeah. If you read Stephen King's book on writing, it's both a great book about writing, but also he's very candid, you know, as an ex-addict needs to be mm-hmm. about about all of his his faults and all of his uh, the ways that he went into this um, and all the problems he had. And and uh, so Cujo was written. Ooh, this is fruity. Yeah. All right. Castle Rock, Castle Rock is fruity. Listeners, mm. um, we just poured, as you heard, we mm. just poured the Castle Rock. And this is a... Paso Robles Cabso. Yeah. 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 Wow. 2011. You know, this this tastes like I'm about to get dragged down into a storm drain and tortured by a clown until I use my inhaler to kill a spider. That's, but, that's but, Castle Rock style. But like in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. It feels that's dairy, not Castle Rock. <laughs> oh, shit. You're right. Dairy's right outside Castle oh Rock. Oh, my God. Oh, so my God. Oh, served by Whitney. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, I got no. so served, you guys. Oh, no. <laughs> what happens in Castle Rock proper? Oh, like, well, that's I mean, Needful Things is in Castle Rock. Needful Things, yeah. Well, also, also Stand By Me is in Castle Rock. Or was I it? Think... Cujo, Cujo happens outside of Castle Rock. Yep, yep. The dead zone, there's part of... Part yeah, of yeah. Which, which, uh, the so whole, the whole cop. Do we have anything else to say about Cujo? Because I got a lot to say you about know, the dead zone. <laughs> Here's the thing about Cujo. I it was not a very good movie. No. And it's partially because it's just really not that great of a book in that the whole premise is there's a woman and a boy trapped in a car because there's a rabid dog. Yeah. Well, not just a rabid dog. It's a rabid St. Bernard. So right. this is like... Uh, a monster dog, dog. Yeah. a great big dog and it's true they are trapped and everything but the, but the thing is that how do you make that into a movie this was clearly somebody like well it's Stephen King make it into a movie make a million dollars yeah <laughs> I will say that Cujo I, uh, Cujo has one of the, the first for Stephen King departures where in the book the kid dies yes and in the yeah. movie the kid lives and that is something that he has said he hates he they they talked him into it. You will find as we go through this list that Stephen yeah. King made didn't didn't really care what they did and wasn't really great with you know selling his scripts at least not in the early days and of, so like keeping some control over how yeah, he did it and yeah. so a lot of people like wrote him fucking angry letters when they saw Cujo and the kid lived because they were like the whole thing is the kid dies like that's the only really mm-hmm. horrible thing that happens and you sanitized it and and they sanitize a lot of his movies which we will get into as we go I'm oh, sure well because... partially because he gets into some his books sometimes go places that it's like that just feels a little gratuitous oh he's a horror author for sure mm-hmm. like it's like, it's yeah. okay and now we're gonna have a flashback where by the way my father anally raped me and my brother yep Minor flashback, just yep. BT dubs. I was, <laughs> BT dubs. I was totally anally molested. By oh, my the smell yeah. of the grass cutting is reminds me of this time that on a fresh lawn I was uh, beaten to death. <laughs> yeah, it's, or it's, you know, like specifically from Cujo, like the one scene that I very clearly remember from the book is like the the stalker guy breaking into the woman's house and masturbating oh, on her bed. Yeah, and I, remember, I remember reading this in the early eighties when it was way too young to be reading stuff like this. Yeah. How does that work? That, yeah. that's, that's icky. And 
uh, I will say that now that I'm a parent, I will never read the book again. So, What's funny is, yeah. so I started reading Stephen King books when I was about eight. So this would have been 86. Yeah, uh, about, about the same yeah, for me. And where were your parents? My mom was giving them to me. She, she yeah. <laughs> and so I was reading, when I was uh, when I was uh, 11, I was at school and I went to a private school, a small private school, and I was reading, and it's not a religious private school, it was Mom's Park Academy, which is secular. And I was reading The Stand, in the hallway during lunch and my a teacher came and snatched it out of my hands and wouldn't give it back to me didn't mark oh, my that would, page by that the way would oh, yeah. oh, oh. and called my mother and my mother's response was what is wrong with you that you are taking a thousand plus page book away from an 11 year old child because the teacher was like, I want you to know your daughter is reading blah, blah, blah. My mom's like, look inside the cover. It says Deborah McBride. I know she's reading. And I gave it to her. It's like, <laughs> don't tell me to parent my child, for one. like Yeah, and you know what would happen these days? The parent would call the cops on the parent. Oh, I know. The it's, teacher would call yeah. the cops. It's, it's insane. But like, that's, I, oh, yeah, I was yeah, also reading things way too young. Half of my lexicon, I feel, is, is when I take those tests that say, what dialect are you? Mm-hmm. I get a strong main. <laughs> because I have so many weird, like I say a yup all the time, like a yup, a yup. Like that's yep. just, I just, it's just part of. Like when I married Nick, he was like, no one says ass over tea kettle. So I said I went ass over tea kettle down the stairs. Like no one says that. I'm like, that's a thing. It is. He's a like, thing. It, it is, is a not thing. a thing. It is a thing. It's like a northern, you know, New England and southern, southern and southern. Yep, yep. Because I heard it in Missouri. Yep. I think I started reading King when I was twelve. So still. Actually, yeah. a little too young. Tender age. Yeah. Do you remember was, the first one was you read? I think it might have been The Shining. That's a good starter. What about you? Dead. Uh, no, no. Uh, 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 Night Shift. Night Shifts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I love Night Shift. I'm pretty sure the first thing I read was The Stand, but it might have been The Talisman because mm-hmm. I, I read both of those to distraction. Like I just, I, I still have my copy of The Talisman, my mom's copy that is now my copy that is- Is it still in one piece? Oh, it's bound with plastic tape and <laughs> it's like eight kinds, eight layers of tape and glue and because it, it's a it's a mass market paperback mm-hmm. that's just beat to shit. <laughs> but I love it. See, and like the sexy stuff in Stephen King is never like gratuitous sexy stuff. So like my mom had no problem with us reading about violence and things because she was or sex really because she, you know, she's always said she would rather us read about sex or see sex on TV than violence because I hope my children will someday have sex. I hope they never murder someone, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I got in trouble in fourth grade because I, I actually apologized to my mom for this on Mother's Day, among other things. But I, I wrote a, we had to write a novel and I was very much into Stephen King. And I had said that the the corpses littered the battlefield like popcorn on a movie theater floor. Nice. Like, with, that like, is a yeah. gorgeous metaphor. Right? I good. thought so. And the teacher called Silly my mom technical. in for a conference because she was like, I'm worried about your daughter. I know you just went through a divorce. And... She's can, writing about dead bodies. She's a Stephen King. Yeah. Man. So Boy. thank you, Stephen King, for giving us all inappropriate conversations. <laughs> After um, Cujo was the Dead, dead Zone, zone dead which zone. is very good, starring Christopher, Christopher Walken, Walken and directed uh, by Cronenberg. As really, Johnny. I never realized that. Yes. I don't think I knew. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, that's not very Cronen. Well, a, Cronenberg has his moments. And that's a great book that actually I think was made into a pretty faithful adaptation, all things considered. I mean, I, mean, I feel like the movie does is a little flat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's flat. It 
it you know and for as much as i love christopher walken he's not really right yeah but but role. you know martin sheen's in it and yeah he's pretty great and you know they, it, like tom lo- scarrett's in it tom scarrett i what happened to tom love scarrett? that book i love that yeah. book i love all the little details mm-hmm. about the way he sees things oh yeah i love when it comes over him and the words that he says the, like, the I evil don't politician guy is so fucking evil like yeah um and the the girlfriend and how they have their one day together, and she says, we got to put paid to our past. Yes. To what could have been. We got to put paid to what could have been. I remember I so specifically and... that the, the evil politician guy kicks a dog. And yeah. that's how you know he's, he's truly a bad yeah. dude. Bad like, dude. he kicks a dog for no fucking reason other than just to kick <laughs> Actually, it. Actually, the part that I love in the book, and it's it's in the movie too, but again, the movie's the movie's a decent adaptation. Yeah. It's pretty faithful. Yeah, yeah. But it, it just, it is kind of flat you yeah. miss the flavor yeah it, it, I love, it doesn't sing but it's a solid film yeah i love all of the stuff the whole sequence where he's helping track down the serial killer mm-hmm. yes in castle rock i'm so slick i'm so slick, I'm so and, slick. The sh- and the sheriff is like watching him going that's familiar to me just the way he said it that does remind me of someone and it's because he's wearing that yellow rain slicker that i'm so slick i'm just so slick because they can't get claw marks oh my they god can't yeah get any dna they can't yes get it. yes and the mother and that it hurts when he ejaculates because his mother put a fucking clothespin on it yeah and his mother fucking knows and, oh there's just yeah. so much about that that's Ugh. great character so many great stephen king tropes in that film yeah like sexual abuse leading to psychopathy uh uh random clues that actually give the whole thing away that you don't realize psychic powers you know and yes and again the book has i think the reason the movie's flat is the book has a lot of those parenthetical you know thoughts that mean so much that it's so hard to convey in film which goes yeah. back to what you've said we've all kind of said that the shorter stories and novellas are better and when mm-hmm. they and the, the longer books don't work as well and and i mean just looking at the director you know david cronenberg uh, especially in this era of his career he does best with like body horror stuff yeah, yeah. and dead zone is not very body horror there's no, there's very little gore yeah. in dead zone no it's is, a psychological it's, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the horror is simply that this man is lonely. Yeah. The horror is that he's seen something that he can't tell anybody. Yeah. And what are you, what are you going to fucking do about it? So I feel like it's important to note this. Uh, Creepshow came out November 10th, 1982. Mm-hmm. Cujo, October 1980, or excuse me, August, August 1983. 1983. So what, like 10 months later? Yep. And then... The Dead Zone is just two months later, October 83. Yep. Christine, the next one, comes out two months after that. In December. December 83. I love that Christine. Children of the Corn, three months yeah. later. So, I mean, they were really cranking these fuckers out at oh, this yeah. point. Oh, yeah. And Firestarter. How high was he to be writing like this? Oh, he was writing like a motherfucker. Oh, so, yeah. It, we, yeah. It was. It was like a book a year. Yeah, book a yeah. year. Easy. Easy. Jesus. Yeah, Firestarter yeah. was like uh, three months after that, wasn't Fire- it? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. So so we're on to Christine. Can we just yeah. say Christine sucks? I mean, it's a, it's a shitty movie. You know movie. what? It's a shitty movie. <laughs> Movie's okay. It, yeah. It's not... It's Melissa uneven. has a fondness for it. Well, oh. I have a, it, it's a John Carpenter film. Oh, There's a lot of John okay. Carpenter-ness to it. Fair enough. Um, the, the performance is eh. But the way they treat the car in the movie I love the way they, they film the car there's this love affair with the car and they at least get that they make it look yeah. very sexual 
predatorial. Yeah. It's not like it could have very easily shifted into the Knight Rider world where it was like, <laughs> you know, but like, but they don't, they just convey it. Do, do, and do, that's do, John Carpenter. Do, 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 I mean, and and that, do, do, that scene do, do, do. where he's going, okay, you've got to heal yourself, Christine. Yeah. And the car starts popping its own yeah. fence out. It's like, <laughs> that's a pretty crazy effect. I mean, yeah, I'm guessing fantastic. they did it in reverse and then, and then reverse yeah, the I, film. I, if I, I remember mean, they right. Must, they must have. Yeah. But it's beautiful. Yeah, film. it really is. Considering it's 80, it's it was filmed in probably early 83. I mean, yeah. that's... Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, in, in that sense. Children of the Corn. Oh, I love oh this God. movie. <laughs> Such a good story. A great story. Kind of a trashy film. I love it, though. I love it. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying I, I kind of love it. I love... I love he who walks between the rows. Yeah, I which yeah. is so classic yeah. King. He yeah. loves to just take Name it, it to title it with capitals on weird words. So have you seen the South Park where they make fun of this movie? <laughs> oh, oh my God! Okay, so there's a South Park where the 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 kids like like some adults are driving. Like the whole thing is some adults are driving and their car breaks down and they're in South Park and all the kids there's no adults anywhere and all the kids are like oh the grown ups went away in the long long ago and like they're using those weird like terms like, oh you must go see he who speaks and things like that and it's super <laughs> funny it's super funny it's and like there's warring factions of children and like it's 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 worth seeing if you haven't even even if you haven't seen children of the corn yeah. well ladies and gentlemen if you have not read the story children oh. of the corn I recommend it. Especially it, if you're yeah. afraid of the Bible at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, you know, it's I've a never, remarkable story. I've never read that story. I just <gasps> love the movie. Oh. Then you would love the story. Yeah. If you love yeah. the movie, the story will just get your places. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah, I love, what I, I like about yeah. King is that, for, especially for somebody who is a father, which maybe you need to be a parent, he understands that children are fucking creepy. Yeah. Yeah. They can be so creepy, and that when you watch them develop, yeah, it's fascinating and it's wholesome, but you can also see as they're developing, like, all the ways it could go wrong, that the, mm-hmm. as they're trying to make sense of the world, yeah. that it would be very easy to put the pieces together in the wrong order yeah. and come up with a very logical reason why you should take an axe to your parents. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and the... Children of the Corn is a book that that, or I guess it's a short story. Yeah, it's, that, it's that, a short story that unspools in that classic King way where you're thrust into it, and it actually it actually mirrors um, desperation very yeah. well with the you know and in the tall grass which he wrote with his son which is like oh we're on a car trip and then oh man where are we this is a thing that's happening and we need help and what the th- this this fascination with middle america what the fuck like and there's entire swaths of land where no one goes yeah i spent five years of my childhood in Nebraska. And I will tell you, oh. corn is fucking creepy. It my is. mom won't go to corn mazes because of this story. My mom's yeah. a huge King fan, obviously. And she, like, okay, she's not going to listen to this. So I'll tell you. <laughs> it's a little bit of an affectation now that she's so afraid of corn mazes. But, like, <laughs> like it, it's... 
she's she doesn't the idea terrifies her i think they're funny because it's like worst case scenario i'm gonna punch my way until i get out of corn a corn maze has a finite border like Mm -hmm. a cornfield is different like that's that could go on for acres and acres like like you and you could wander around in in a cornfield just like fuck yeah i can get out of Seaver's corn maze if i'm willing to break the rules (laughs) i'll get out like don't worry about me i got this (laughs) and what children of the corn always reminds me of harvest home the Mm. movie the which was also a book i don't the lottery have i read that book no but harvest home was a book too but it's it's based on the same idea similar yeah of but those the rituals surrounding harvest and the way we we personify the land and the sacrifices we Mm -hmm. we used to make that were just without question in order to guarantee a harvest and i feel like all of those ideas come together of you're right agriculture is terrifying yes (laughs) agriculture is terrifying and i'm actually afraid of corn and, okay, there, and, and there's a little bit of Logan's Run going on, too. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's so much Logan's Run going on. Oh, Sorry. my God. I didn't even think about that. Now i got to put together my Children of the Corn costume for Convergence. It's a dystopian world. How is, it children, how is Children of the Corn Logan's Run? Because the adults are the problem. And the idea mm-hmm. is that when you get old, like you get old enough, you are you are mm-hmm. not to be trusted. They yeah. kill all the adults because the adults BT are the problem. Dubs, how long has this been going on in this town? Because I don't feel like these kids should be able to survive for years Boy, I don't without know adult they, supervision. I don't know how much... Well, adult supervision is one thing, but like if you think about it you know a 12 year old can do all the things yeah, but where can... are they going to get food the corn <laughs> so much corn <laughs> anyway molly's got to pee so in the book how long have these kids been alone the children the children of the corn the yeah. eponymous children of the corn i don't know let's because i don't out. think unless, unless the yeah, magical I don't, think, I don't think it's ab- actually established because the you only know what you can see through uh, the eyes of the two people who stumble into the community. Because the idea that when you get old, you get killed would imply time, mm-hmm. right? Like more than one year. Mm-hmm. And yet, unless the magical being in the rose is providing, there is no way these kids are going to be able to have enough food. Yeah, it seems that they... I'm I'm reading I'm just scanning the Wikipedia thing here and I don't think they ever talk about the the particulars of such a thing. And yeah. what's what's the age where they they send them off? I can't remember. Uh I feel like it's it like it says that it says that the age limit should be lowered to 18. So it's 18. And, okay, so uh, they can so, yeah. breed and then be offed. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Are they are they going to have Yeah, but there's another thing. They're going to have a baby. Uh-huh. And then leave it to be cared for by 12-year-olds? Yeah. It's not... Oh, wow. This is not a sustainable model. No. I feel like... There were were eight films. Yeah. Eight films. Children of the Corn. Because the the first one is super satisfying. The Final Sacrifice. Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest. Children of the Corn 4, The Gathering. 5 is Fields of Terror. Children of the Corn 666 is Isaac's Return. Revelation Genesis was 2000 or 2011. Yeah. There was a movie just 4 years ago. I because I, I Children wanna... of the Corn is a super fun idea. 
Go go back to Urban Harvest. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the one with the title I want to know Children more about. Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest, 1995. Focuses on two Joshua. mysterious brothers who, after living in rural Nebraska for their entire lives, are adopted and brought into Chicago. Oh my god. And then there's a bunch of cult stuff that probably happened. Uh, Charlize Theron, it's her film debut. What? <laughs> she portrayed minor roles as followers of Eli. They are in foster care. Uh, oh, at their first day of school, Eli almost gets into a fight with T. Loke, a student in Joshua's grade, who harshly criticizes Joshua for playing basketball. Wow, this movie is so 1995. <laughs> uh, they kill their foster mother. They go to a cornfield. Uh, there's a lot of things happening with the Bible. And he who rocks behind the rose is there, but then dies. Okay, you said rocks behind the rose. Rocks, and yes, I, rocks. I rocks love that visual, the... though. I'm picturing somebody in the cornfield rocking wow. out. Rock. Just like directed by like, James D.R. Hickox. Also, uh, director of fine movies like Blood Surf and Sabretooth yeah. and Detention. All right, so uh, now we're now we're to Firestarter. I think. Oh, yes. <laughs> Firestarter. I, Which Firestarter. is two months after Children of the Corn. I loved this book. Yes. One of my favorite. I think it's in my top ten. I loved this book. Yeah, the movie's really good too. Drew Barrymore's first movie, I think, or damn near. No, 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 no. 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 She e. was in E.T. E. before that. E.T. Oh. was her debut. Yeah, and it's her first starring role. But she was she, she was, was in the, the perfect movie with Charlie McGee with with David Keith and Freddie Actually, Jones I, and Hannah Locklear and Martin Sheen. You hate her in the movie? I yeah. oh, she's perfect. I love Dennis Quaid. Yeah, as her father. I think that's brilliant casting. But I'm not a fan of her as a child actress. I like her as an adult actress just Did, did you say... Did you say where's her father? Oh, it's... It's David Keith. It's David... Why do I think it's Dennis Quaid? I don't know. Well, he has those arched eyebrows, too. That's weird. I, I think it's... You're right, because yeah. I remember that. So I Maybe think, I always thought it should be Dennis Quaid. Maybe, or Charlie. Well, I think Charlie is great. And, yeah. and part of it is because Charlie in the book is very uh, timid and unsure and afraid of her own power and, and doesn't know what to do. And I think that they... So much of it is internal, again. It's another, again, it's another book where a lot of it is internal. Uh, the guy they cast as Rainbird is great. Yes. Um, there's some, again, it's, it's another book with a lot of parentheticals. And well, and this is where he introduced, this is the first one with the shop, right? Yes. Oh. And the shop becomes a running thing that shows up in many of his books. Yeah, not a lot, we, but yeah. Wasn't, like wasn't Rainbird, George C. Scott? Uh, the great George C. Scott. Well, I don't know. Why don't you look it up? It is. It is yeah. George C. Scott. Ah, 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 Yeah. Rainbird is... Well, which is amazing, because I'm pretty sure George C. Scott is not a Native American. No, but... No, he, I'm pretty he, sure he's not. He does, he does a good job in that role. But this is, again, a movie that... I love the book, and the movie's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, I mean... It's iffy. I, I, if you're going to ask me what's better, the book or the movie, and for Firestarter, the fucking book. I mean, hands down. There's very few times where I'm going to say the movie for Stephen King, but they do exist. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the, the shop is in The Mist and Tommyknockers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The uh, director of Firestarter was Mark L. Lester, who is perhaps best known for Commando, which was... I better, like Commando. Which was better than Firestarter, but everything else he directed was kind of... Ooh. Oh, so, oh, oh, wait. He did Roller Bogey. 
Oh, <laughs> with, we all remember who was in that, Linda Blair. That's right, Linda Blair. And so much cocaine. And so much cocaine. What? Cocaine in a movie about roller stuff? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so so but the plot of Firestarter, for those who don't know, is that um, two college students uh, sign up for some scientific testing for easy money. But mm-hmm. as it turns out, they are being tested with an experimental drug that may or may not give the people receiving it psychic powers and it's a it's a psychedelic which isn't a big deal because it's the it's it's at the time of the the story it's the late 60s so that's something people are just doing you know yeah, it's, it's, no, it's yeah. really no big deal and people die during this test yes. i love that part in the yes. book the people die but they don't because the people the everybody's gotten these psychedelics they're like Did, is that what happened and it's all covered up yeah and it's all covered up and so the father ends up with the ability to push or in other words to influence what people believe mm-hmm. and the mother has mild telekinetic powers and they end up together which puts them on the list for the sh- the, the 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 shop which is like x-files the syndicate it's the shadow government organization and the fact that they got together was not supposed to happen. Like They're like, what are the odds the two two horny kids yeah. would meet at a science experiment? Yeah. And their and offspring is, is and well. And so they yeah. have Kit. And because the psychedelics apparently changed their genetics, when they have a daughter, that daughter <laughs> mm-hmm. gets uh superpowers because she what i like in the book is yeah she's pyrokinetic but she has this smorgas spattering she of has other, telekinesis too mm-hmm. she's got a yep. spattering of other powers yeah and and she well, doesn't she even like a little bit clairvoyant uh, uh pyro no pyrokinesis is her thing she's got a little I, ju- I just reread this in the last year uh telekinesis she can do to some degree but not as much it's it's most of the fire and she's uh they make her afraid of it her parents of course because when she's uh like about six, 16 months old, she's in her crib and her mom takes away something from her and, you know, a 16-month-old, she lashes out and she gets so mad that she lights her teddy bear on fire and lights herself on fire and lights her mother on fire. And so they scream at her and it's this whole, like, shaking the teddy bear in her face and, look at Teddy, you burned him! You burned your teddy! Is that what you want? Mommy is crying! And so, like, she has all these feelings of shame and revulsion with her power, Mm -hmm. which is a great thing for her to... I don't know, I don't think they really convey that in the movie as much. Well, like, I mean, as a parent, I can totally understand what happened. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because you have to be able to discipline your child without worrying that your child is going to kill you yep. when yep. they're angry yep. at you. Yeah. And they know what she can do. They realize it. And and so it's, it's yeah, I read that when I was really little. That was one of my, that was probably one of the first ones I read. I was probably about eight or nine when I read and, it. And again, part of what makes the book so good is the internal monologue, mm-hmm. the internal life which cannot come out in a movie. Like I love what I loved in the book was the father um, as he starts kicking off the drug habit that they have fostered in him while he's been a prisoner in the shop. Yeah. And he starts kicking it off. I love that sequence and how he pushes on either one of his orderlies or a guard. Mm -hmm. And that he is aware that sometimes when he influences someone, there are echoes that start happening that he he cannot... He cannot control how yep. that, and that normally because he's in 
anybody that he pushes on, he usually has continued contact with to help readjust if he can spot that there are Cause, echoes. Because he's done work as a uh, a a weight loss help guru and a, and and a motivational yeah. speaker. Yeah, yeah, and, yep. And so the guard end, ends up like I remember it like he shoves his hand down a. <laughs> Garbage disposal. A garbage it's it's disposal. Doc, it's one of the doctors. It's Doctor Pinchot, and he does it because he has this. He gets this echo that reminds him of his of the new disposal and and vaginas, and it makes him think of like dark places where things are dark, and and you want to put your and and yeah. So he dresses up in women's lingerie and sticks his hand on the garbage disposal and turns it on. My mom used to joke about that when I would be like <laughs> fishing her. She'd be like, "Reach the garbage disposal to get whatever's in there out." Like the like you have to do and someone guards the switch and I reach in there and she'd go oh I'm having a flash oh I don't know what to do and I was like like it was, it was not yeah. funny not funny mom you, you will never get me to reach into a garbage disposal really Ever. is that is that your swimming raft that's for you, you well can't. it's just because I'm aware of the fact that it will grind my arm into pieces <laughs> if somebody turns it off plus it's really embarrassing when they find you wearing women's underwear and then you're like oh my god and I am a woman and I would still be embarrassed <laughs> like you found me in my underwear I feel with like my arm you know fisting at, at garbage disposal. I feel like we're coming on to the I mean not the next one but there's I'm looking at there's a significant number here where we're gonna be like ugh pass like oh, no, I, no, not, no, not cat's eye I'll take okay. Cat's eyes fucking incredible. <laughs> Cat's eyes. Well, movie? I felt it, I felt yes. it, I felt it was uneven, but the Smokers Incorporated yes. is the best. Yes. I was Quitters about to say, Incorporated. Quitters Incorporated. I'm That's like, right. Well, That's I right. don't remember a lot about it except Quitters Incorporated is awesome. Yes. Yeah. Quitters Incorporated, the the ultimate stop smoking yeah. uh plan. Um I always liked the the way that he came up with the idea that the cats the old wives' tale that cats sleep on your chest and steal your breath. Yeah. And the I mean, I've heard it explained as, well, babies smell like milk, so cats want to smell the milk on their breath. Yeah. My cat likes to smell my breath, and I don't drink milk. Cats just like to put their faces in your mouth and smell what's coming out. They my like it. My cats like yeah. to put their butt in my face. They, the, Trisket will, I, it, he will, he will put his mouth up against my lips until I open my mouth and go, and then he sniffs it, and I can see him being like, yeah, inside of lady, that smells weird. Like, he just, they, <laughs> cats like the smell that comes out of people. And this this imagines it as being, uh, protecting you from a troll, right? Yeah. Like, hey, like a little, little tiny. Little tiny troll. That comes and steals your breath, and the cat like, gets on your chest to go, fuck you, troll. Yeah. Yeah, not the best not the greatest Fred. movie. But not the greatest movie. And they're, they're like, two, it, it's another anthology movie, dear listeners, if you've never yes. seen it. It's kind of forgotten, really. But it's that, pretty forgettable. The, it, the, did, the quiz, wait, isn't the kid yeah. in the cat's eye sequences? That, that's Drew Barrymore. Again, I was mm-hmm. going to say, yeah. isn't that Drew Barrymore? Yeah. Yeah. But The Quitters Incorporated has James Woods. Yeah, James Woods. And it's it's uh, based on an equally great short, short story yes. by Stephen King, where it's about. This guy who's trying to quit smoking and he contracts with a company called Quitters Incorporated. Called, yeah, guaranteed the, to make you stop. Guaranteed, and like one of his friends like recommends it yeah. to him or something. Yeah, like, highly. No, seriously, because, because it you made, will fucking quit. It yeah. was the best, and it made me quit. Yeah, and it's all about this company. You know the the tactics to make him stop. It's kind of invasive on his life. Mm-hmm. And kind of, kind of, kind of. It starts. It starts low. 
Mm-hmm. And then it gets creepy real fast. I think like the second level is that they have his wife in a in a small room where the floor is electrocuted. Yeah. And every time and they just they just electrocute the floor and she's screaming. Mm-hmm. And and I think the final step is they cut off her finger. Yeah. Cause I remember he when he's talking to the guy who recommended it. His wife comes up and is like, oh, yes, it was amazing. It was so wonderful. And now he never smokes. And then they show her glass with the where she's drinking and she's missing a finger. And it's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> Classic king. That yeah. is so king. Yeah, very, he a, very, he a uh, thing for taking off bits of body. Yeah. Well, well once again, it, it's that very EC Comics thing. It's that, yeah. that short, yeah. that sweet Old Testament punchline at the end. Although I'm surprised yeah. the wife was like, oh yes, it's great. I mean, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so next is Silver Bullet, which is based on Cycle of the Werewolf. And I would just like to say, fuck Cycle of the Werewolf. That's oh. a garbage book. Okay. Really? I will agree with you. It's not a great book. I love the, the whoa, movie. Whoa, whoa. The book, the artwork in it, is amazing. It's got good drawings. That, I Bernie like the Bernie Wrightson. Okay, okay. So this is Bernie. Wrightson? I haven't seen yeah. the movie. Yeah. I, will, I will say you I haven't not? seen the movie. Okay, okay. Because I hated the book so much. Let, let me take this. Okay, let me take. This. Yes, please. Okay, so Silver Bullet, short book. It's not great, um, but it's in twelve chapters, one for each month of the year, and it's the story of a werewolf and a kid who's like trying to figure out who the werewolf is and blah blah blah. It's a small town story. Um, yeah, but did each... Stephen King grow up in a small Hold town, on. or was he just fucking Norman Walker? He grew up in a small town. Shit. Yeah. Okay. So each chapter of the book has this gorgeous full color painting by Bernie Wrightson. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they're incredible paintings. So, dear listeners, even if you don't read the book, like find a copy of it and look at the artwork because you know beyond that, there's also ink drawings by Bernie Wrightson. Um, Wrightson being one of the most incredible comics uh, artists ever. He he did Swamp Thing, uh, and it, this is the guy. Plus, he's a super nice guy. He also drew the Creepshow comic book, which I have a copy of and which I own some original art from. And um, I learned to draw by copying his artwork. I love Bernie's stuff. I had the opportunity to buy one of the paintings from Cycle of the Werewolf and I didn't have $7,000 on me uh, and I still regret it. I regret it. That's the, if I had $7,000, I would have dropped the fucking money and bought it. <laughs> I, I hear you. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, the movie... In the movie, the kid's in a wheelchair. Is he in a wheelchair? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's in the so wheelchair. at least they do that, right? Like, yeah. I mean, like... Yeah. It's... No, and, it, and it's Corey Haim. I don't... Yeah, and he's and, super adorable. This yeah. is young Corey Haim. Young, young Corey this Haim. This is like 12-year-old okay. Corey Haim. And he's okay, and uh, it's an okay movie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... It's 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 doofy. It's 1985, you know? I mean, it's huh? it's not surprising. Uh, I love the sister in it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Corey Haim is actually really pretty good in Silver Bullet. I actually feel like this is a... I really love the relationship between the brother and the sister in the movie. Um, and... Yeah, there's a there's actually a lot to like about it. Is I don't own the movie, so it's not yeah. a movie that's so great that I'm like I fucking need to own that. Mm-hmm. But it is a movie that if it showed up on cable, I would totally keep it on. Yeah, you know I have to. Also, Gary Busey's in it with all of his Gary teeth. Gary Busey is in it. I have to say, yeah, I'm... no, and that's what's great. It's the it's he's he plays the, the dad, one, right? It, no, it's the uncle. The yeah, uncle. he's the yeah. right. He's, he's the black the, sheep uncle. He's the crazy mm-hmm. uncle. What's so great are the relationships because Corey Hames in the wheelchair and the black sheep uncle makes him the super 
super motor power. Yeah. I will say. And so this is the crazy uncle that he loves. He and his sister have the typical sibling stuff. And he's like, no, there's a werewolf. And it's just like, fuck you. And then she's eventually like, holy shit, there really is a werewolf. And then the two of them work together. And then they tell the uncle and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? And then the uncle's like, holy shit, there really is a werewolf. And then everybody starts working together. Mm -hmm. And it's great. I'm really surprised that Stephen King didn't sue Joel Schumacher for The Lost Boys. <laughs> because I remember when I saw The Lost Boys, which I love, yeah. I remember thinking, isn't this just Circle of the Werewolf, but with vampires? Like, no one believes him that there is a werewolf oh, yeah. vampire. Like, there's he has to enlist the help of the crazy guy that no one believes uh, mm. to help him out. He's disadvantaged in some way like because he's new or you know it's just it was really interesting like Lost Boys is the better movie though Lost Boys is a hundred percent the better movie (laughs) if they wrote a book silver bullet if they wrote a book based on the movie Lost Boys it'd be a better book (laughs) yeah well but only if book I'm saying you should maybe I should I should watch the movie and I should read I should really reread the story it's it's one like I said it's it's that and Cujo are one of the few that I've only read once so have you read Maximum Overdrive? I have Maximum read Maximum Overdrive more than well, once. Well, Trucks. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the story is called Trucks. That's Because that's just terrible. I've read it more than once. Okay. Uh, the story is actually pretty interesting because mm-hmm. the story is about... The story is very 80, mid-80s. It's... What hath God wrought technology? Like, yeah. what if all the machines we depend upon come to life? Like, it's... And <laughs> oh, yeah. This, this idea that, like, we are increasingly dependent on machines. Like, the, the the future that they foresaw in 85 is so funny to me because now it's like... We're so fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we really are. Like, but oh, you thought we were fucked then. It's yeah. worse. Okay, so the movie Maximum Overdrive oh my God, yes. is... Is gloriously horrible. Not, not just bad, it's gloriously oh, it's, horrible. It is so bad. Okay, so directed by Stephen King. Directed yes. by coked out alcoholic and Stephen he should King. Not and he was like, anyway. I'm going to direct my own damn movie because you people keep getting it wrong. Yep. I'm going to show you how it's I'll done. Show you. It, it is oh. one of the most gloriously incompetent movies. Yardley Smith is in it. <laughs> yes. Well, and Emilio yes. Estevez. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it's just kind of there's a, there before that's what she said there is the perfect that's what she said line in it he i remember this because i saw it at a drive-in oh that's perfect he, <laughs> i know she had like the girl has this like uh switchblade and he and he like it and they're like connecting during the midst of chaos and he says if i put my arm around you will you stick me with that thing <laughs> and even at the time, I'm like, what? That's what she said. <laughs> if I told you you had a beautiful body, would a truck come and kill us all because it came to life? <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, Maximum Overdrive is just gloriously incompetent as a movie, though. It's just, wow. So I'm looking at the Every poster. Every way you could do it is I'm wrong. looking at the poster, and it is, so it's it's uh, it's got like a three-inch frame, and in the black frame at the top, it says, Stephen King's Masterpiece of Terror, directed by the master himself. <laughs> <laughs> the master of writing, though, not directing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not I directing. Mean, oh, I, I remember stories of uh, people trying to explain the 180-degree rule to Stephen King because oh. he had no idea oh, how yeah. to string shots together, so they made narrative yeah. sense. <laughs> because he's a writer. Yeah. He's not... 
It's a director. So Night Shift is one of the great, I mean, I mean, oh. like one of the great short story collections. Fantastic. And, and Trucks stuff. is in there. And I would say Trucks is among the weaker mm. stories because I guess if you're super, may, maybe there's someone out there who's like, I don't know, man, I work with cars all the time. Like that story scared the shit out of me. Like I just, I'm never afraid of machinery coming to life because I just, I just, it's not. It's not... It ain't fucking gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just doesn't... I, I, there are yeah. a lot of things that could come to life and could spontaneously start generating their own movement. Fucking dolls. Yeah. yeah. Dolls are fucking scary. Well, a car, though... This, this well, was a summer blockbuster. Oh, yeah. It came out July 25th. It, oh, yeah. No, it did not bust anything. It did not bust anything, <laughs> but, but it, they wanted it to be. No, Maximum Overdrive, I could see working as, like, a totally over-the-top comedic mm-hmm. or horror comedy or mm-hmm. or you know alternately like directed by George Miller well and then the you know, main truck they have that joker head on it it was just ridiculous it was recoculous they it, didn't, was it totally sucked recoculous. so much dick it was recoculous they unfortunately they unfortunately didn't they didn't uh there wasn't a lot of horror comedy Oh no! All right. okay, well, 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 turn, well. They, it, it, I gotta yes, go ahead. All right. You keep talking. You keep no. talking. Okay. So there, there was. I mean, this was kind of the era of Return of the Living Dead and That's true. like House, and there were a lot of really fun horror comedies. But that doesn't mean Stephen King had the directing chops to pull something well, like that. Or, off. or I don't think he saw his work as funny. Oh no! I, I think that he probably the problem with directing your own thing you wrote is that you can't ever take it in another direction. Well, also so. I believe he was still a heavy cokehead at that. Oh, point. he certainly was. He, he, he I don't know if he remembers directing that movie. You know, I actually wonder, I seem to remember him saying that he doesn't remember directing you know, that movie. I, what what wait what are we on? Yeah. So we know so we're, we're we haven't got we were just talking about when did he get clean and as I was looking through his Wikipedia page to try to figure it out I saw that the stand was his fourth novel and it was published in seventy eight, which means that all these I mean at this point now movies wise we're in eighty six almost mm-hmm. and so the stand was still when he was coked out of his head it must have been mm-hmm. it must have been or maybe not coked out of his head but I mean getting there I mean because I don't know when Cujo was written but it must have been between oh, it was after that I think I think yeah I think Cujo might have been after that well I know the stand was one of his early ones yeah if this and... yeah give me a bibliography second. hang on bibliography oh you, you got it yeah Stephen King bibliography so novels it went Carrie Salem's Lot The Shining <laughs> and then The Stand Lot. Oh, that Salem's Salem's Lot's amazing. I love Salem's Lot. It's Lots amazing, so much. and it ties into the Dark Tower, which is incredible. But uh, yeah, Cujo was Cujo was eighty one. So my guess is his his really bad coke habit probably started probably with the Dead Zone. Probably yeah, probably like early. The Long 80s. Walk was really early. Well, because I mean, well yeah, well the Long Walk was a Bachman book. Yeah, I know, but it's a good book. I, I, the Long Walk's one of my favorites. Yeah, uh, so. Cocaine in the United States, according to Wikipedia, like when did it become, like when did it start? Because I know there's, I mean, there's a lot of it. The 1970s and 80s is when it became popular in disco culture. The what's the movie with Johnny Depp? Oh, oh. that talks about bringing coke to the United States. Oh, uh, anyway, I will find it while we Johnny talk. Depp cocaine. <laughs> So so. Meanwhile, while Molly looks stuff up on the internet, yeah, I, would, I would I found a new list that includes the miniseries. Nice. So Salem's Lot, the miniseries, which is fantastic, by the way. It uh, nineteen seventy nine, 
Uh, yeah, because Salem's Lot yeah. was very early, and I remember it was a huge thing on TV. Like everybody was talking about it. Oh yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch it because I was young and impressionable. Yeah, and I had yeah, that terrified me. I remember watching it with my mom. I was like four. I remember it on TV first run, watching Jerusalem's Lot with the the scary kid. At, at the floating window. at the window. That, that, the yeah. scratching. The scratching. Scratching at the window. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm so cold. I'm just so cold. So <sighs> that, I I became, uh, I, I, I have autism and I get obsessive and I became obsessed and afraid of vampires when I was about 11 or 12. And I did a whole bunch of research on them. I actually wrote research papers on them for school. But I was... Uh, particularly terrified of vampires coming after Salem's Lot, and yeah. and uh, and and I started wearing a rosary that I found because we used to be Catholic, and I started wearing a rosary that I found, and I made my I asked my mom if I could pour cornmeal on our windowsills because I don't know if you know this, but when a vampire crosses a threshold, if there's grains, they have to stop and count every grain. And if that, if they're still counting when the sun comes up, they get burned. And my mom's response was, we have an alarm system. So you don't have to worry. And I was like, Oh my God, mom. Oh my God. (laughs) They hypnotize you. They can turn to mist. Like I can't even, I don't even, I don't even know how to talk to you. Like I just have to invite them in before they can cross the threshold. Apparently, I mean, like, but I didn't believe that. Yeah, but like, if you don't know they're a vampire, you could invert inadvertently invite right? them in. Yes. So I, I like in Buffy when Buffy's mom invites Spike in because she doesn't know that he's a vampire yep. and that she shouldn't do that. Salem's Lot is a great if you if you like Dark Tower. Stephen King, and you for some reason haven't read Salem's Lot yet. I don't know how that's possible, but Salem's you should Lot's read it. Great. It's it's really well done. <laughs> Although. Jerusalem's Lot, the short story, the really early short story by Stephen King. I haven't read that. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. This Jerusalem's Lot cracks me up because it is very clearly early Stephen King really wanting to be H.P. Lovecraft. Is it from like a, was it in like one of the magazines? I can't read. I I think it was. Oh my God. Super early. So do we all know that Jerusalem was a pig? Well, Jerusalem's well, yeah, yeah. Salem's but, Lot is Jerusalem's yeah. Lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's the the short story is called Jerusalem's Lot, and and it's really really funny because if you know Stephen King and you know H. P. Lovecraft really well, you can you can see Stephen King going, okay, I'm trying to be H. P. Lovecraft, trying to be H. P. Is it Lovecraft. really racist? And, no, no, no. <laughs> well, not just that. No, um, he's he's like emulating the language and the cadence oh my God. Of, of Lovecraft, and then all every once in a while. You see him going into Stephen King land, and then he goes, wait, 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 trying to be H.P. Lovecraft here. Pulls it in. And, <laughs> oh, my God. And then he's talking like Lovecraft, and then he goes into Stephen King land. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. It's hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. Jerusalem's lot is in Night Shift, it says, according to the Wikipedia. Okay, that makes sense. Published in, in the 1978 collection Night Shift. I wonder if maybe I have read it and I didn't put it together. Or maybe maybe the version I ha- I gotta find it. Yeah, it, it's really Lovecraft. <laughs> so we left off. Uh, okay, so, so we we left off after Maximum. Of so now we're at Stand by Me. Stand by Me. One of the greatest okay. Stephen King movies ever. Okay, the best Stephen King movies not are not just from his novellas or short stories. They are also the ones that have absolutely no supernatural element whatsoever. Yeah, because he writes human drama really well. He this does. is this is a short story uh called The Body, which is just about 
some kids looking at a body, and the, the they journey hear to go the, find it. They, they hear, hear that there's a dead body, and they want to go see yep. a dead body. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's mostly just like a, it's really just a nostalgia trip for the 50s, really, more well, than yeah. anything. It, but it, it's four kids walking uh, along railroad tracks. It. It's got both Corys, Will Wheaton. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. The, the, the movie is phenomenal, directed yeah. by Rob Reiner. And, oh, yeah. You know, it, it, Rob Reiner had this amazing streak in the 80s, which includes... This is Spinal Tap, Stand By Me, and then When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, yeah. And, and just a remarkable string of films. And Stand By Me is a movie that I must have watched once a week on VHS during like three or four years of my teens. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just a tremendous film. Yeah, we listened, my brother and I listened to the soundtrack when we went to sleep every night for the mm-hmm. longest time. I, I know all the words, just so many songs from that because of it. Um, I'm realizing that we are very low in that we have okay, barely we made pick, a dent. So we're going to pick yeah. up the, yeah, yeah. yeah we got to okay. pick up the pace. Creep show, we know, Classic, we know. Yeah. Fucking watch it. Creep yeah. show two. Uh, creep show two had some stuff in it. Creep show two. How's um, the raft? Yeah, well, well, okay. The creep show two uneven, not as good as creep show, but there is a set. The one segment that works best is based on the raft. The raft is the scariest the short raft story is I've a ever read. Fucking horrifying story. I can't go. I can't swim much. Which is I can't do it. It. it is a very simple story in that there are teenagers. They're swimming in a lake. They hop up on one of those mid lake platforms. Y'all know what we're and talking about. <laughs> and then. There's this thing, this oily black spot that yeah. just suddenly shows up and and starts sucking them in, just eating like, people, just plucking them off. Like, and they never explain. They never explain what it is. You never know what it is. It's yeah. just there. It yeah. doesn't it matter. Yep. It yep. doesn't matter. Yep. The the creepiest part is that in the short story, the last person standing is eventually like when you because they come to realize that it will also sort of hypnotize you mm-hmm. into going into mm-hmm. it. He's like maybe. That's a blessing. I should just lie down. I should just lie down and let it take me. It's very Lovecraft in that yeah. way of like, of, of this. I'll stare being, into the colors and let yeah. it hypnotize me so yeah. I won't know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's because great. they're swimming way out of season. Nobody's going to come for them. Nobody's going to notice. He is stuck on this raft. Again, that is classic King. He yeah. loves to yeah. isolate people in exactly. an environment where nobody's going to fucking come and you are stuck there. So yes. next is The Running Man, which Yay! is a great movie and technically is a Richard Bachman book. And yeah. at this point in time, I love the Bachman at book. this point in time, people don't know that Richard Bachman, Stephen King, not yet. Really? Like, yes. Uh, uh, I'm going to find out exactly when that happened. Well, but, I, mean, I, I, mean, I mean, different seasons was what? It, wasn't it The Body, uh, uh, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption? Um, the Long yeah. Walk. Long Walk. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. The Long Walk is a book. Oh, by okay. Richard Bachman. No, it's Stephen a King. Stephen King published. Stephen King published uh, the Bachman different books. seasons. Okay. Stephen King. Stephen oh, oh, King oh, wrote oh, different okay. seasons. I'm, I'm mixing. I'm, I'm mixing nope, up different seasons. And, yep, and yep. Bachman books. Okay. Uh, uh, Stephen King uh, didn't announce he was Richard Bachman until 1985. I remember. So, that. It, so I guess technically it looks like uh, the Running Man came out two years later. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, he. Um, oh God, the Running Man. <laughs> Yeah. I had, love both the movie yeah. and the book. Yeah. They are so different from each yes, other that, that it doesn't matter that they're supposedly the same, and that's fine. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the book, book, the book oh, is completely different. From yeah. The book people. is. Oh, I love the book. It's the book's so, great. The movie's weird. The, the it's good, but weird. The world that the book paints is so fucked up, dystopian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It is so fucked up to Schwarzenegger in The Running Man is like, yeah, yeah but I kind of love it. And it's got Richard Dawson well, well, yeah. making yeah. fun of his yeah. own family feud persona. The, the, the Running Man is a delight of satire. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it combines the excesses of the 80s with actual real pure satire. So you have the daffiness of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Richard Dawson is essentially playing an evil version of himself. Yep. And you have Jesse Ventura showing up. And Maria, Maria <laughs> Conchita Alonso, Alonso yeah, yeah. whatever her name was. Or um, Marie Con- Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because she had a career for like five minutes. Yeah. And <laughs> she was um, also in Vampire's Kiss with Nicholas Cage. Yes, she was. And I remember weird. Yeah, shit. it was and and it was super stylish and really it, ridiculous. Really ridiculous. And and qui- you know, quips from Schwarzenegger, the whole deal. Super fun. Yeah. I, if you haven't and, seen that, and utterly un- and utterly unlike the book. I because what I love about the book <laughs> is that the way he attacks it is so smart. And yeah. it he really is just like, I'm gonna fucking go underground and I'm not gonna give you a fucking clue where I am. It's I'm, so great. So I'm looking at the next one is Pet Cemetery, and I'm looking at the movie and I don't recognize any names. Okay, so so Pet Cemetery Denise um, Crosby. Well, Denise Crosby from Star okay, Trek. Okay, Denise and, Crosby. I'm seeing Fred yeah. Quinn. She yeah. plays Rachel. Who's Fred Quinn? Fred Quinn is a Herman Munster. Herman Munster. Munster. Oh, uh-huh. there he is. I see his eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So my favorite line in the book of Dur- Pet directed Cemetery. Pet Cemetery, directed by a woman. Which oh. in a in an era where you in really didn't see that stuff, so you still don't see that. Sort at of the thing. very at the very the, ver, the the very last line of Pet Cemetery is my favorite, which is not a not very often often the way it is for me with Stephen King, but it's uh his wife because you know it's the, the it's a cemetery where if you bury something in it, it comes back to life. And, but it comes back. It comes back. Sour. It comes back. Yeah. I like I like yeah. how they describe it as. Sour. It comes back wrong. But anyway, um, yeah, the the book oh, Pet Cemetery is one of the creepiest things I've ever read from Stephen King. Yeah, that it is, is one of the books. The that last gave line me being that, that like his wife comes in and it's like she said in a in a in a voice full of graveyard dirt. She just says, "Darling," <laughs> when when she sees him, and that's the end of it. It's just like she because he yeah. Well, because it's it's a it's a book of slow escalation yeah. of. That makes sense if you know what just yeah. happened, but if you look at it from the outside, that's stupid. Yeah, that, that's yeah. crazy town, baby. Yeah, but yeah. this Pet Cemetery is one of the two books of Stephen King. Now, a lot of them stuck with me, and in creepy ways of horrifyingness or whatever. Right. But this is one of the two books of Stephen King that I had nightmares. Really. Yes, to where to the point where I had to turn on my my bedroom light. I, uh, I read this when I was about fifteen or sixteen, and I had nightmares about pets I had never had. It was specifically oh, wow. cats coming to visit me at night. That's creepy because of the fucking cat in the yeah park. yeah oh yeah absolutely. The other one is um it's it never got made into a true movie so we're not going to touch on it in terms of this the other is Stephen King book that honest to god i still i still get creeped out by is it yeah. there are still times yes. when i will be in the shower oh god the drain like, laughing with my, at you with my eyes closed and i'm like and i'll think of it and i'm like and now i'm gonna just open my eyes i don't care if soap gets in yeah, yeah i just need to check there's not a clown in here with me mm-hmm. yeah because that fucking movie oh that fucking book 
Anyway, but so anyway, good. going back to Pet Cemetery. Yeah, came out in 1989. I yep. would like to say I saw it in the theater, which means I was 14. Oh wow! I don't know how I saw it in the theater. I saw it with a friend of mine who was the same age. We weren't with our parents, but oh. I. The best part about that movie was watching her react because <laughs> she, she was she was jumpy. Is, I'm trying to see what it's rated. Good. Like it's I, rated I, R. Is it? Yeah, it's okay. rated R. Um, the movie yeah. is. It's not great. It's, it's not great. It's, it's not, great. not great. There were there were some there were some jump scares. I think they were kind of. God, did did Chucky predate Pet Cemetery? Let's see. Child's Play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Child's Play, let's see. The first one was 1988, so yeah. Oh, so I think they were going for the Child's Play audience, because that's kind of where it goes by the end. I could see that. Yeah, Yeah. with the the creepy kid. Yeah. Again... The book is super effective because the, it's the book's fantastic. The book because is, it's so psychological and it's it is not about. And here's the thing: is that the book works because you can believe the character that the character's just looking mm-hmm. at this thing, going, "That's not right." Yeah, yeah. I and it, the minute you have to show how it's not right, it becomes campy. Have you watched Caprica, either of you? The, no, the, I haven't, The Battlestar actually. Galactica prequel? Mm-mm. So there's this great part in Caprica <laughs> where um, it's uh, Adama's father is is uh, he he bargains with, with the guy that creates the Cylons to have his little girl who, who dies uh, uploaded into the V-net or whatever it is they call it. And uh, when he goes to talk to her avatar, uh, it's all her memories and everything of, of her. And she puts her hands to her chest and she's like, Daddy, Daddy, why isn't my heart beating? Daddy, I can't feel my heartbeat. Daddy, what's wrong with me? And like... And it's this like panic, and I've always thought about that with Gage, where it's this like, yeah. he knows he's not supposed to be back. Like mm-hmm. he he's not right, and he can feel it in his body. And that in the book it's very prevalent, and in the movie it's made of sort of a like, I am back from the dead, I'm murderous. You yeah, know, like, like yeah. The, and because in the book he describes it as sour. Yeah, in that yeah. it is still that person came but, back wrong, but they're yeah. they're. They're just they're ten degrees off, and they're also off. Hold, they're they're a, a little well because when something goes sour, it's been on the vine a little too long. Yeah. They're well, a little bit past their expiration mm-hmm. date. They're just absolutely yeah. I because lo- the book I loved. So tales from the dark side. Do we need to even discuss it? I I've, I've seen it. Seen I remember nothing about it. It's, and let it let yeah. us let it be a testament to that. Okay. Graveyard shift. Oh, I also boy. don't have that was made into a movie. I don't. Yeah, think, I think I vaguely remember that. I mean, there's a really good movie called Shallow Grave, which is a lot like this. But I mean, like but Shallow Grave is much. Shallow Grave is great. This is not. No, wasn't Graveyard Shift? Hey, this is in Castle Rock. So everybody take a drink. But hey. other than that, uh, <laughs> wasn't Graveyard Shift Chattery Teeth? Wasn't that mm-hmm. in that collection? Yeah, I love Chattery yep. Teeth. So now we can come to Misery. I although, wanna... although oh, in, in yeah. between Graveyard Shift and Misery was the um, TV miniseries of It. Oh. With which, Tim Curry. Which was with really great up until the end where they kicked to death a spider that was about two feet high. <laughs> which even when I was little, I, I have terrible arachnophobia. Like paralyzing arachnophobia. So I was actually really afraid as a kid to watch that scene. I was about... 
11 and oh. and and them just being like uh, 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 this is battery acid with the inhaler and i'm like this is dumb like my mom yeah. and it's just everything else yeah. was so good and i presume they didn't have to have sex with each other at the end to... they did not they did and... not actually do that in the yeah, miniseries yeah. No. I, I presume the not. kids from uh, but but that was actually one of the things. Everybody got really up in arms about that, and that never bothered me when I read it. It made a certain amount of sense mm-hmm. that they needed to connect with each other. And mm-hmm. she was their node, their, the person who held yeah. them together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The kids from It show up in 112263, his book huh? about the JFK assassination, oh, wow. which is being made into a movie right now, or a series right now. Oh, cool. um, at one point, he... When he's flashing through time, he he sees those kids and they're like... One of the things I love in the book is that every one of them becomes successful, except for the one who stayed behind. Every one of them leaves town and becomes successful. Yeah, and the the idea that there's, there's been a lot of things about something is rotten in dairy, and and I'm, I'm I I feel like dairy has shown up in other. Uh, oh yeah, he, he I, I mean I know it well. has, but I'm trying to figure out where else it's shown up, and so I'm gonna pull it up right here. Um, so work set in dairy. Oh, insomnia and bag of bones <laughs> and dreamcatcher are all in dairy. Okay, uh, those insomnia, bag of bones, and dreamcatcher are three of my top 20 top 15 Stephen King books but yeah I love that such a large number insomnia. I know I like insomnia insomnia is great yeah. and if you've read the dark tower insomnia fucking matters a lot of people thought it was boring or like overblown but once you read the dark tower through to the completion it it it, it ties in so strongly that it's fucking nuts uh yes I haven't read the dark tower what I, Wendy uh, Jesus Christ I knew you'd do it's, that it was it's, so great. It's, it's if I had a bible <laughs> it would be the Dark Tower books. Like if I, I read had... the Gunslinger and I didn't like it. Read the revised version; you'll like it better. The Gunslinger is written on a lot of peyote, and and uh, the, the revised <laughs> version makes more sense. But... Okay, that's okay. I'll, I'll try it again. Yeah, I, I will make yeah. another game yeah. attempt at yeah. it. Just for you, Molly. So Misery, <laughs> I love Misery. Misery is perfect. I... It's 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 a great book and it's a great movie. Great. Movie. I don't think the I'm gonna, oh, unpopular opinion it, time. It I don't was... think the movie lives up to the book. What? Well, huh? Huh? But well, I I mean, it. Okay, so I mean, if you prefer the book over the movie, I think that's fair. That makes but, sense. But the movie is really really strong. It's a, you've got yeah. you've got James Conn, you've got Kathy Bates giving an Oscar winning performance. Got Rob Reiner at the director's helm, mm-hmm. and it is a solid film. Every choice they make. Whether it's a departure or, or a, a true adaptation is 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 right. Uh, they mm-hmm. they they make the right choices. So misery, if you haven't read the book, because I feel like most people have seen the movie. Oh yeah. If you haven't read the book, the book takes place almost entirely inside Paul Sheldon's head, and it again, is again that fascination with isolation. Yes. And there you have no recourse. Lots and of parentheticals again, mm-hmm. and 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 so the 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 fact that they were able to make it a movie at all yeah is amazing to me and the fact that they managed to stay true to so many things of the terror and the 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 fear and revulsion of Annie Wilkes and yeah. her character i mean she plays it perfect she's dull she's 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 
scary. She's no, plotting. Actually, Kathy Bates is a perfect Annie Wilkes. Yeah. Oh, she's fantastic. Just yeah. that that is a golden performance. And, and I usually don't like when they depart from facts, but the practical effect of a rubber foot full of oatmeal hit with a sledgehammer to show her breaking his ankle in that way, as opposed to hobbling him by cutting off the foot, which would have been cheesier in the at the time. It was made it, the movie came out in 1990, so yeah. they didn't have as much CGI stuff. I mean, they could do it easily now, but the making it that practical effect. Anyone who's seen the movie, the wobble, yeah, when oh god, like it's sideways. Oh. It makes it makes your bowels go loose. Like yeah. if I had, I feel like my balls are, I my metaphorical balls are like crawling up inside my vag. You just, just you, it is a physical visceral response <laughs> yes. that you watch that and you go, oh god, yeah. oh. And additionally. Yeah. The script is really great. The script written by William Goldman, by the way, the, the man who did oh, Princess Bride, William Marathon Man. Uh, God, is what it else? Safe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the president's men. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fantastic screenwriter. It was. It was just this lovely unity of really talented people. It was, It's. It's great. It is a. It is a great movie. I like the book better. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. yeah. All right, listeners, here's the sad fact of the matter, except it's not sad because it's awesome. Yeah. That Stephen King is so amazing that we're going to need to do this in two episodes. So I'm sorry to leave you hanging, perhaps unfulfilled, maybe a little bit of blue balls, but we're going to stop right here. And then you're going to have to listen next week to get the rest of the Stephen Kingness, or whenever it is that Melissa actually schedules part two of Stephen King. <laughs> I'll figure it yeah, out Melissa, somehow. Jesus. I know. <laughs> so we're going to pause for a second, but we are going to give you some recommendations for this week. Yes. So what do we have, ladies, to recommend to our listeners? I got something. What Ooh. do you got? Okay. So I have a movie called The Babadook. 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 Mm. It is a horror film that came out last year. It's In, on with, Netflix right it, now. It is? I, I, didn't pre- know that. I am pretty sure it is on Netflix I, I, right now. I don't doubt it. So um, this is a movie I saw at Fantastic Fest last year. That it is, is immediately a checkmark in its favor. Boom! Okay, it's an Australian horror film. Mm. Another checkmark in its favor. Yes. Uh, directed by a woman. Another checkmark. Starring um, God, uh, actress Essie Davis, if I remember her name right. Fantastic actress. It's a boogeyman movie and also... A mental illness movie. It's a horror film. And um, it kind of took the indie foreign um, film world by storm last year. It it hit really big. Mm -hmm. It it actually got major distribution. Stephen King really loved it. Um, In my experience, people either love it or hate it. Sure. It, it It is a very polarizing movie, but I really love it. It is a story of a woman and her son who's about seven-ish. The son is not neurotypical. Um, and she's, she's a single mother. And there's something weird happening in her house. There, cool. There's like a boogeyman in the house. That's a good setup. But... The the thing about the movie is it is a very clear and almost heavy-handed analog for actual mental illness. So it is not just a family dealing with a boogeyman in the house. It is a family figuring out how to deal with mental illness of one of its members. Sure. And sure. It, it is fantastic. That sounds amazing. I, I think it's fantastic. Some people really don't like it, but I think it's... 
it's a very it, it it's a personal preference thing. That I sounds really good. Can I tell you how excited I am to go to Fantastic Fest with you this year? You should really be excited because I'm you so will excited. fucking love Fantastic Fest. I'm excited already, just like hearing you guys. Yeah! Oh my, God, I, my face is gonna melt up. All right, I'm gonna keep this short and simple. My rec- my uh, pleasure dome recommendation this week is. There is a thing that you can buy in the grocery stores, and they are frozen Snickers bars. They're, <laughs> they are frozen ice cream Snickers bars. They are, oh. they are, they're not just Snickers bars put in the freezer, which are amazing. They are ice cream Snickers bars. Good God. Really they are good. ice cream treats that are Snickers bars. I want one now. I keep saying this because it's super great. And yeah. so I offer this up for your pleasure, people. It's fucking great. Why don't we have them now? I am sad about that. I know. What do you got, Molly? Uh, so my recommendation is for my favorite author who isn't Stephen King, which oh. is uh, Patrick Rothfuss. Yay! Yes! Thank you. The uh, man, the beard. Yes. So uh, if you're not familiar, he wrote, uh, he's writing the King Killer Chronicles. Uh, it's a trilogy uh, with some inter- intermediate books in between. It starts with a book called The Name of the Wind. Uh just buy that. If read that. If that doesn't hook you, I have no words for you. I don't know what to tell you. I I we shouldn't be friends because I don't see how it's possible. It is the best fantasy book I have ever read. Full stop. It is that is pretty so major. amazing. It is the it is a it is, the frame of the story is amazing. The actual story is amazing. All the characters are great. The audiobook's fantastic. I, I've read the book, uh, just the actual book three times, and now I'm listening to the narration while I drive because I have a long commute uh, every day. I, I drive about an hour, hour and a half every day uh, for work. Because so you live in fucking Eden Prairie. I live in Eden Prairie and I work in Roseville. It's 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 garbage. But um, <laughs> but I love my job and I like where I live. So whatever. Uh, but it's it's uh it's it's a fantastic book. Um, it's not it's not high fantasy in the sense of like you know dragons and wizards and things, but like it is a practical kind of magic. They call it sympathy. There's like a thermodynamic explanation for sympathy. It's it's amazing. I I would put it to anyone who has gotten through this much of the first half of the Stephen King thing that you would like this. So Patrick Rothfuss, The Name of the Wind, can't recommend it enough. Yay! Bravo, bravo, Thank my you. All right, so listeners. We're sorry to leave you hanging, but that's kind of appropriate for Stephen King in a weird sort of way. So uh, tune in next week or whenever Melissa schedules it. It'll be next week. Okay. Are you the, gonna, the, two you furs, gonna... the two furs I put back to back. You really do. I'm glad that I'm, you're a nice person that way. So um, Because I, I love you all. I've, what? I love you all. <laughs> I said Negro. <laughs> Did you say Negro? I said Magical Negro. <laughs> I can't handle this. You know what's going to be extra funny is if this first half hasn't yet gotten to the Magical Negro and they're just like, why is that guest well, saying Negro? No, no, the Magical Negro already showed up in The Shining. The Magical Oh, yeah! Negro. I don't know if we actually said that or not, but Dick Halloran is 100% a Magical oh, Negro. Oh, seriously yeah. a You got Negro. the shine on you, boy. <laughs> My sh- grandmama had the shine. Oh. It's the shitting. Do you want to get sued? <laughs> them big tittied afro ladies in his calendar on his oh, wall God. <laughs> I love the South Park the South Park riff yeah. on the shining yeah. is one of my yeah. it's called the shinin do you oh, that's Simpsons. Simpsons. That's Simpsons. Simpsons Simpsons yes. Simpsons sorry yes. okay. sorry I'm drunk and I'm tired anyway word listeners we're gonna end right now seriously for real this time for sure I'm Wendy that's <laughs> Melissa that's Molly and we're done bye <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
<laughs> oh my god, I gotta piss. And out! <laughs> We've been recording for three hours and 11 minutes. I'm taking my things upstairs, but I'm not okay. leaving. I'm just going to the bathroom. Okay. Okay. I'll see you I'm there. taking my things upstairs and I'm leaving you! <laughs> Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. No, but seriously, corn is not a perennial. It's an annual. <laughs>